Today's episode of Brody and the Beard is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think rocket tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves that patience is more than a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last minute tickets. everybody and welcome to the first episode of Brody and the Beard. We finally made it. I'm Mo Dakiel and with me is Kelly Eco. You're listening to the Athletic Podcast. Kelly Eco's a beat writer for the Houston Rockets. We're going to be with you all year long talking about the Houston Rockets, everything that goes on with them, and we're going to dive into all the nicknames that Kelly has. You'd be surprised. He's got more than Shaq, it seems. Kelly, how you doing, bud? Doing great. Good morning. It's kind of cold in Houston, which is kind of weird. But uh, other than that, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm out in L.A. I'm never really going to trip too much about the weather. I I got a pretty good thing. And also, oh, Kelly, I almost forgot. We got to give a shout out to our super producer, Sasha. She's helping us out. She's making us sound real good on the ones and twos. So and and the threes and the threes. Well, yeah, with the Rockets, it's all threes. There are no twos. (laughs) Kelly, I want to dive into one thing in our group text. There was one thing that came across my my caught my eye and I was just like, whoa, we're talking about this. Your nickname is Biggie Velvet. This uh, this needs to be explained here. This is you know this is an, an exclusive. It's the first time I'm talking about this formally, so I like to set the record straight. I'm gonna paint a scene for you. So here I am in Oakland. You know I got my velvet suit on. I'm looking fresh. I'm looking good. I'm doing a hit for NBA Game Time with uh, Dennis Scott and the gang. And I'm talking, I'm doing my thing. Dennis Scott pauses me. He goes, hey, you kind of sound like Biggie a little bit. And, I, <laughs> and I'm taking it back because I've heard that before. But this hearing on NBA TV was, was so crazy to me. And throughout the whole bit, you know, they were, they were getting on me because of the velvet. But, but they, I was getting my props because I looked really fresh. So you, you, can't, you can't hate. <laughs> and uh, I did my hit. I left. I'm in the tunnel. I run into Andre Iguodala. He sees me. He goes, hey, what's up, Biggie Velvet? I'm like, wait, wait what? What did you just say? Because it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It hasn't been more than two minutes. And how did Iggy see that? And ever since then, everywhere I've gone, every player, somebody in some arena has referred to me as Biggie Velvet, Turtleneck Shorty. You know, I remember, <laughs> I remember one time in Houston, I was in the locker room. And I walked in the uh, the Warriors room, and I see Alfonso McKinney. I was talking to Iggy, just doing like an article thing, and I was and Alfonso was sitting right there, and he goes, "Hey, I heard you do the wearing them turtlenecks." <laughs> I just bust out laughing, and Steph Curry saw that. He said, "Yep, that's him, turtleneck shorty." 
And then there you have it. That is my name. So now we got, if you see Kelly in the streets, you can call him Biggie Velvet or Turtleneck Shorty. Yeah. So just be sure if you see him, it's one of those two things. And just understand one thing. You got two nicknames out of one story there. So yeah. we're going to we're gonna keep that going <laughs> all year long. Till, we'll see what happens first, whether the, the Rockets run out of games or if Kelly runs out of nicknames. It's it's going to oh. be a toss up, guys. My I think it's going to be a real close race. We'll 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 find out in April. We'll we'll keep a scoreboard going, but we're here now. And as much fun as it is to talk about Kelly's nicknames, and and I'm going to be holding on to Biggie Velvet for a while. Uh, <laughs> we we got to talk basketball, and that's what we're here to talk about. The Houston Rockets played a preseason game last night against the San Antonio Spurs. Kelly, let's just be honest, it was kind of an ass whooping. What was your your takeaways from what you saw in that that game last night? The Rockets definitely looked like a team that had just come back from Japan. Do you think there was some jet lag from the Japan trip? <laughs> no. They kind of got ran off the floor by the Spurs, the young guys, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Every time you the preseason comes, like these are, I, I call these the dog days of preseason, where a lot of teams are sitting guys, a lot of teams are just playing the back end of the roster. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But that giving said, there were still some things to take from the game. You know, Houston's rim protection is still a problem. Um, the defense didn't look too good. Coach D'Antoni wasn't particularly pleased at all after the game about that. Um, Russ isn't 100% yet. And I think it's still going to be a work in progress, you know, with the season so quickly approaching. It's going to take some time. It's going to be like a learning curve. You know, at least in the beginning of the season, the first month, as guys get to 100%, they can gel. Um, and just go from there. Yeah, you know, the thing that kind of st- stuck out to me the most, I mean, listen, the defense is going to be a problem all year. Listen, Harden doesn't play defense. Russ doesn't play defense. It's, I mean, it's just going to be an issue for them constantly. They're going to have to try to outscore teams. The The thing that really kind of caught my eye the most when I was woke up this morning and went, went back to watch the game the start of the preseason, it was just like, oh, look at all this movement from the Rockets. They're running 21. They're running delay. They're getting all these things. And yeah. look at all this stuff. And even I was like, listen, if this is how they're going to play, they're going to be really good. That's not what they did last night. A lot of last night was Harden turn, Harden's turn, then Russ's turn. Harden goes, then Russ. And every now and then sprinkle in Eric Gordon. I mean, it was just kind of a very much a my turn, your turn sort of game. And it didn't look good. It didn't. You know, when one had the ball, the other guy wasn't moving. There was no cutting. I wasn't too impressed with that. You know, the Russ's line, I know he's coming back from an injury. I know the team's coming back from Japan and dealing with jet lag and all of that. But Russ is 5 of 13, 1 of 4 from 3. He jacked up some shots where I didn't think were very good. He was out of control. Like, this is my concern about this pairing between Harden and Westbrook is you know, when one has the ball, the other one's got to work. It's got to be cutting. There's got to be movement behind it. They can't just do what they did last year. And this is what's the big difference between the Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul, you know, swapping positions. Just because CP can be a spot-up shooter. Russ is not a spot-up shooter. And that's teams are just going to sag way off them. They're never going to be concerned about it. And I think that's something, you know, that – that's going to be an ongoing issue for them. It's going to take a while to figure out how to play with each other, but this is something, this is the, this is the one thing I'm afraid of for their, their offense all the way around is just this whole your turn, my turn thing. Uh, I, th- I think to your point, you know, in fairness, 
when the game first started, you saw James trying to get Russ going. Um, he kind of gave him the ball first three or four possessions to see how he's doing, how, how he's looking. And to his credit, you know, this is the he, he said this is the third time this summer he's actually played, I guess, a full game. Right. So, you know, there is going to be a considerable amount of rust. I'm not sure how Coach D'Antoni feels about the whole post thing, but I know Chris Paul did it a lot, and Russ is able to be a playmaker from the post, you know, get guys open and create for himself. I think as his knee gets stronger, you'll see more and more of that. But what I was looking at was Eric Gordon. You know, mm. that was the main talking point. Coach D'Antoni talked about putting Daniel House back in the lineup and putting Eric back on the bench just because of the whole balance thing. I think when you watch Eric on the floor with Russ and James, he's he's almost like a, a catch and shoot, you know. And, and mind you, he's one of the best. If that was his role, he'd be one of the best in the league at catch and shoot. He's been on fire this preseason. But I think his skill set is too diverse and he has a big enough bag where he can do things kind of like what James Aaron's can do. So it, it helps to bring him off the bench where he can, you know, take a lion's share of the work and not have to worry about, okay, getting James the ball, getting Russ the ball, and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting in that sense of with Gordon. It, there's a lot of stuff he could do. There were people that were talking about him being – last season as as good of a playmaker too and he he's he's not going to get those opportunities with Russ and Harden you know sh- sharing the ball with those guys it's hard enough as it is playing with one of them's tough playing with both of them has got to be just excruciatingly tough in the sense of like you're not touching the ball much you're you're that he is going to be relegated to just a catch and shoot guy and it's like you said not fully maximizing his his full abilities and I think that's something that's you know, if if they really want to go as far as they can, they got to figure ways to tap into that. And I'm not sure they're going to, you know, and that's that's something that's we're, I'm I'm pretty down on this pairing. I'm, I'm to be honest up front. I'm I was never excited about it. I was always very curious. I thought Chris Paul was a good running mate with Harden when healthy, just in the sense of he's able to kind of keep the the offense going and when Harden's out he can run offense and and really kind of get them into offensive sets and set up other guys but I don't feel like Russ does a great job of setting people up the way CP did you know one thing I want to ask you about I don't know if this has been something that they've talked about much in preseason how how much does Harden and Westbrook's playing together in OKC kind of carry over now I mean they're two different players at this point from when the, what excuse me from when they played together in Oklahoma City you know but how much are they talking about like this is kind of bringing that stuff back to the forefront for them a little bit is there sort of like an institutional knowledge playing with each other or has it been just too different that hasn't been stressed as much because their games have changed so much from back then um James is more of a you know ball dominant as is Russ and there's no Kevin Durant you know to be like that sweet spot between the both of them. But I think Harden and Russ can work. I think we haven't seen, obviously, the best of Russ because he's not healthy. And James just looks that good in preseason where if you're not at his level, you know, it looks kind of off (laughs) because James has been on fire. He just scored 40 last night. He scored 37. He's ready to go. 
Um, it, it's think, almost funny. It's almost funny with Harden. I'm almost at the point now where I'm not even <laughs> that impressed anymore. I mean, these are huge numbers. You know what I mean? Like what he's dropping, he drops it so effortlessly, and yeah. it's a it's a compliment to him. You know, he drops forty, and you're just like, makes it look easy, man. <laughs> like he does it effortlessly. It's it's really impressive. I think it will get there. It just they just need you know time reps. He said it was really interesting. Russ said apart from getting chemistry with James, he has to get chemistry with the other guys on the floor. Like you see, because Chris Paul, when Chris Paul was here, you know, it was like second nature where if Chris Paul is giving you the ball, you know, you're going to shoot it or you're going to lob it or give it back, you know. But with Russ, there were times where he would give a lob to Clint. Clint wasn't ready for it or Isaiah Hartstein wasn't ready for it or whoever. If he drives down the lane, he's going so fast that when he passes it, you know, it kind of catches you off guard. I think that will come with reps. It's interesting for sure, but I do think he brings a lot of good things, especially with the second unit. He, They're playing at 100 miles an hour. He's right. getting that ball. He's going rack to rack, and you have to have the right pieces. That's why I think that Joe Green loss is so big because he's a guy that who can take a, a an off, off pass or like an off-balance pass and put up a shot, and he can go in. You know, Eric Gordon can do that as well, but I think – when you have someone like Gerald or like a Bellinelli, guys that take tough shots for a living, it helps when you're playing with such a fast guy like Russ who's going to attack the basket every time. Well, let's it's, you brought it up. Let's talk about it a little bit. What's the story with Gerald? He, he's out for the season. I mean, at first I thought it was just a broken foot <clears> and out a couple of months, and now it sounds like it might be worse. Like, what are, what are you hearing on the ground, bud? From what I gather from talking to uh, the front office – they believe it certainly is more serious than what was initially thought of. So he could be out till January, all-star break. Who knows? It all depends on his rehab, how it's coming along. But I, I think to them, their point of view is, you know, the way they operate, the Rockets aren't a team where an injury to the ninth or 10th man is going to, you know, change the whole course of the season because they have guys that can plug and play like Ben McLemore, other shoes on the roster. But I, I just think that Gerald, the kind of offseason he had from the times I spoke to him, watching his workouts and stuff, this was going to be, and from what you saw in preseason already, this, this was going to be maybe his best season off the bench, possibly, like from a shooting perspective. And I think they, they are losing that. For a team that shoots so many threes, Gerald is a big part of that, <laughs> shooting so many threes and, and being accurate. So I think they have to figure out what they're going to do in terms of are they going to replace him? Are they going to shuffle the rotation a bit to kind of have something to address between now and uh, Wednesday? Right. And I think, I mean, it's a pretty big loss for them. I mean, he's shoot, shot 35% from three last year, the year before almost 37%. Like he's, He's a solid shooter coming in off the bench, high flyer, cuts. He he kind of does a lot of those things to to help sort of ease up the offense a bit in the sense of moving around and things like that. You know, you mentioned the guy that I'm kind of curious about. You know, I felt like his time in Sacramento sort of stunted his growth. You know, some organizations just don't do a good job developing players. And I'd be really curious to see what were your impressions of Ben McLemore at this point. He's he becomes more important now with the fact that Gerald Green's possibly could be out till the till the All Star break or even longer. 
I think we as people, you know, in this day and age of Twitter and social media and stuff, we we kind of fall in love with certain like ideas and 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 gifts, memes, and the one where he lost the ball from Kawhi like three times in a row. That's well, kind of that's kind of he, he, he didn't, ooh, he didn't it, lose it, the ball, Kelly. Take, Kawhi just was, said, "I'm confiscating yeah. the ball now." <laughs> yeah, he he was arrested multiple times, and, <laughs> and I think that kind of stuck in a lot of people's brains and his brain to to an extent too. I talked to him after the game. And he said it was tough, you know, having to do with that pressure. Obviously, playing in Sacramento, where it wasn't, you know, the best system, the best environment, and coming to Houston, where they they kind of take your faults and they kind of champion them, where Mike D'Antoni gives you that confidence and he says, "Hey, you can miss ninety nine threes, but if you miss the hundred three, we're gonna have a talk. <laughs> but as far just keep shooting." And Ben McLemore is a great shooter. Is just is he ready for you know a big role in the team where that's going to need him now with Gerald out? We'll see. Yeah, I mean it's a big it's going to be a big one kind of coming along. What what are you thinking? Looking at the Rockets now, I mean you you've touched on it with preseason sort of. You know Russ is working his way back into the fold. He's, Russ has a lot of rust. You see what I did there? That's that's the type of stuff you're gonna give. That's what you're gonna get from me, brother. That's what you're gonna get from me. Uh, you know, he's working off that stuff. We have Harden, who looks like he's just ready to go full flow again. What are your expectations of this team? You know, I, across the board, it's it's really different. You know, and I've had some people who even just full on say like, I have no idea what to expect from the Rockets. You know, what What are your expectations? When you look at the squad, what are you thinking from this season? Where Houston is at right now, they have very little margin for error. I think both of the guys, Harden and Russ, are at a point in their careers where, you know, we, we've seen them accomplish everything under the sun individually. We've seen them win MVPs. You know, if, the, if their games ended today, they'd be in the Hall of Fame, right? But not winning a championship doesn't hurt your legacy, but it would certainly go a long way as to silence a lot of, you know, the outside noise that you hear, you know, that can this style win a championship? Can Russ's 100 miles an hour win a championship? Can, can Harden's ball-dominant ISO win a championship? And I think they know that they have to get, I, w- I wouldn't say conference finals because they've already been there. And I wouldn't say finals because they've already been there as well. So I think they this year, if they don't win a championship, then it could be a lot of you know change. Yes. I just well, I think I'm gonna. There's a couple of things. Like one, I think with D'Antoni going into the season as a, a lame duck coach, and I know uh, Tillman Fertitta is not a big fan of that phrase. He's <laughs> uh, a lame. <laughs> but he's a lame duck coach. It's just one of those. That's just the yeah. way it is, and that's yeah. that's something that's normal in sports. That I think uh, Mr. Fertitta is going to learn about, in the sense of this isn't like a business with with contracts and things like that. You got to sort of empower your coach a bit. But going in with a you know lame duck coach, this is a you're trying to mesh two styles, two worlds together. I think Harden's system and and style, isolation style, is best in a slowdown offense. 
Russ, like you said, is, is better when he's going 100 miles per hour with his hair on fire. And I think that's just kind of the the thing of trying to figure out how to work this all together. I think they're going to – I won't be surprised if they start out slow. But my big thing, Kelly, is I have a low ceiling for them. I don't look at them as a, a finals team. Now, for their legacy and everything, they got to go win the finals at some point. Like, that's a big deal for them. But even more important for Harden, listen – Dwight Howard came, they ran him out of town. CP came, they ran him out of town. They brought in Russ now, and we've we heard all summer. I know how to play with him. I've played with him for years. Like this is, we've been boys since we're kids. All all that stuff. It becomes a hard situation now. If this doesn't work, you know you, you you're in a tough spot now because now you're looking at Harden going like, man, you had three different guys, you haven't been able to make this work. At a certain point, you might be the problem, and your style might be the problem. So I'm—I mean, this is the thing that I'm most fascinated about watching. And listen, everybody says all the amazing and right things in September, in October. Everybody wants to run. Everybody wants this, and everybody wants that. You know, when you hit those dog days in January, you have tired legs in February. Then you really find out really the truth about these guys. And I think this is something we're gonna. We're going to have to see, you know, Russ has to be willing to not jack up shots and, and, and be kind of a little bit off the ball and work, you know, Harden when Russ has the ball has to work a bit more off the ball. Like I got to see him move a little bit, come off some pin downs or something. Just, you know, for God's sake, just cut to the basket once. Let's just see what happens there. You know, there's just a whole bunch of things with the Rockets. I think it's really going to be a fascinating year and just seeing how all this goes. I think it's a really combustible situation. I mean, this could they could figure out a way to mesh and they could really get going. I mean, if you find a way to get Russ and Harden going at the same time, I mean, that's it's going to be damn near impossible to stop. But the problem is I think the two of them are going to find ways to stop the other guy, you know, just with how they play. I have seen James, you know, do a give and go, cut to the basket. I have seen Russ come down in, in 21 series and, and – you know, set some pin downs for Eric Gordon or, or Gerald when Gerald was healthy. But like you said, it is going to take some time. I think where they're lucky is when you look at the other teams in the Western Conference, the Jazz, you know, Portland, Denver, they haven't looked the best. You know, I think the only team that's looked good, like damn good, is the Lakers. And I think apart from them, everyone else has that. Eh, about them. So all these teams that you expect to be good out of the gate, they might be a little a little slow. So I think Houston can use that to its advantage, you know, to get things going. But it is a season of urgency. I will yeah. say that. You, you make a great point, though, about the lack of continuity across the Western Conference. Really, the only team I feel that has any continuity is the Denver Nuggets. And I think you're right about everybody else is going to be starting in slow. I think our super producer, Sasha, has something to say here. Sasha, what you got for us? I just wanted to say that as a Lakers fan, Uh I completely, (laughs) I just, when you said it was like a championship or bust season, that resonated with me because last season it was like, we have LeBron James, but everybody else is like, who is this or was like 19 years old but we were still like this is the year like this is the championship year we're gonna do it it's gonna be amazing and uh it of course was none of those things 
Um, we didn't do it. It wasn't amazing. Maybe one of the most disappointing <laughs> seasons. <laughs> we didn't do it. Well, I mean, this is this is the uh, normal irrational Laker talk from fans we get. You know, as soon as you get a guy, oh, Hall of Famer. This, we drafted Lonzo. His like, okay. jersey's going to go up in the rafters. Lonzo's All of this gonna stuff. going to be really good. And the jury's out on Lonzo's uh, jersey in the rafters. Okay. Jury's out. We don't know if he'll be back. Okay. Oh, no, no. Jury's in. Jury's in on that one. I, I, I'm going to be – I'll go out on a limb here, Sasha, and say uh, that that number two won't be hanging in the rafters uh, with the name Ball on it. That feels rude. That feels rude. But uh, I'll accept that criticism. Um, but, yeah, that just, like, championship or bust on a season where it's, like, you don't even know if you're going to be able to make the conference finals or, like, even the – I mean, Rockets will make the playoffs, but, like, that kind of urgency, you're sort of – feeling that with LeBron and AD too where they like LeBron needs to like prove it right now in a way that he hasn't had to I feel like for a while and AD needs to prove it because he just hasn't he just hasn't proven like his championship worth but anyway that's enough Lakers talk I just felt that comparison that like championship or bust that that, that actually really brings up an important question I want to ask Kelly who has more to prove this season Kelly Russ or Harden Oh, um, I think Russ, I think in the same, in the same breath where you said, you know, they ran or Dwight was here and Chris was here. I think you can say that about Russ with Kevin Durant and Paul George. Like they both have had, you know, great teammates, but Russ is coming to a new environment and you know, he wants to prove that he's still that guy. Obviously, the injury didn't help with the setback, you know, taking time off the summer. But I think he has more to prove because we, we've we seen James Harden literally put a team on his back for months and carry them out of the mud to the playoffs. And I think no one would ever question you know, Harden's ability to do that anymore if they did before. Obviously, we've seen what happens in the playoffs with, with the with the teams, but I wouldn't put that on Harden. I, I just wouldn't. Me, my, me personally, I wouldn't do that. But I think Russ has more to prove because he's coming into James's team, you know? So he has, to, he has to prove that he can be a fit like Chris was, you know? All right. You're not going to like my next – one of my comments here I'm going to make. But uh, the, So, first off, I agree with you. Russ has the most to prove in the regular season to show that he could assimilate into the system and, and develop and things like that. Yeah. Come playoff time, I think Harden has the most to prove. I think this is we've seen it too many times where they've flamed out. I mean, even before CP got there, you know, you're you you lose to the San Antonio Spurs and you have all of these issues. And it's just like I think it's time, like, you know, it's unfair. The, the playoff reputation some of these guys get and it's really hard to shake those things off because it's such a small sample size but it's got to be a time now where Harden really kicks it up a notch I mean listen this team shouldn't have lost to the Golden State Warriors last year when they're up you, you know when even though they're down uh 3-2 they shouldn't have lost game six without Kevin Durant like yeah. that should have been a thing like that and at home that's a game they have to win, and that's the kind of things. That's where you need to look, and you got to say, like, yo, you got to get this done. 
Like it doesn't matter. Any everything else is is useless. What na- matters now is you have to get this win right here at home. Their best player isn't playing. You're a, in the running for MVP. Like that's the thing. We're like Harden. You got to go win that game. I have no doubt he could put his team on his back during the regular season. I haven't seen it in the playoffs. I mean, even when they went up three two against the the Golden State Warriors, I really felt like that was more Chris, on the Chris back. Paul, to, Chris, he was the best player in that series. Yeah. Yeah. It was more on the back of CP and CP had to go so damn hard. He tore his hamstring. Like that's how hard he had to go to get them up three, two and Harden had two cracks that went in that series and didn't pull it off. So, you know, I think in the regular season, I think Russ has to show he can assimilate. And we've seen what happens to players that aren't able to assimilate cough, cough, uh, Carmelo Anthony. Um, but <laughs> You know, so I think that's a big thing. That's a I took a shot. That's a big thing for Russ there. But in the playoff time, Harden's got to prove like, yo, I'm the guy like this is the deal. Like, you know, I've been the MVP runner up or winner over the past five years. Now is the time you got to show that in a playoff success. And I just haven't seen it yet. And that's where I think he has the most to prove in that uh in the playoff run. My expectation for this team is they will make the playoffs. I just don't know how deep they'll go. I, I think finals or bust is what everybody's, you know, is what their mindset should be. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think that's in the cards for them. How many wins do you think they're getting? How many wins? Man, that's the hardest thing in the world. Like with the West, it's uh, too difficult with the, uh, just how, how, compact it is i don't think there's a team in the west that wins 60 games okay i think i think to win the west i think it's going to be around 57 i think it's just because there's too much competition it's going to be tight the whole way through and that's where depth and being you know healthy is is really going to matter and that's a big thing for the rockets too they're not going to be able to sustain a uh, a large absence from either how uh howard wow harden or uh westbrook so i think that's really going to be the thing there for them. I kind of look at them, you know, when I look at the West, I kind of look at them as a four or five seed. I don't, I don't see them as, uh, much higher than that. Who do you have finishing above them? Like Portland, Denver, who do you have? I have, I have actually Denver winning the West, the, okay. uh, finishing with the top record, not necessarily being the best team. I just think they'll, they'll not be the able most. to, they'll, they'll oh, get yeah. the most wins. They'll be able to get started going. I oh, think no. you have teams like Clippers are better than them. Okay. I think Utah and them are neck and neck. I think they're neck and neck with the Lakers. I think right. they're on that level, that tier of those teams. I, I think that's the thing. And the other thing, which we haven't really touched on, which we'll get through during the year. We're, we're, we're running short on time because uh, I'm a big fan of defense. Their defense is atrocious, and I'm going to be pounding them all year long <laughs> on defense. I mean, there were clips when I'm watching of just <clears throat> them just screwing up simple switches and leading to easy baskets for the Spurs. So, you know, their their inability to defend is something that's really going to hold them back. And if they can't figure that part out, they're, they're going to have serious issues. Kelly, how do you feel our uh, first episode of Brody and the Beard went? I mean, hey, I don't know. Which one, which one are we? Are, are, are you Brody or are you the Beard? I'm left-handed, so I think I'm yeah. the Beard. Yeah, I think I think you would be you would be the Beard. Because yeah. you do have a beard and you, you are left-handed, and I am a bro, 
<laughs> there we go. You're Brody. I'm the beard. Hey, everybody. This is our first episode of the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. Trust yeah. us. It doesn't matter what the Rockets do. Kelly and I are going to make sure you guys enjoy it. Kelly's going to bring us great insight from on the ground. He's there. He's talking to players. We're going to have some exciting interviews throughout the course of the year. I'm willing to always come on and bring you some X's and O's and some dorky knowledge and some bad jokes. So that's, hey. uh, I think that's our first episode. Kelly, how you feel, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. We got through it. Biggie V and Big Mo. 